0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Cherry Raynard and with me today is Daniel Casali. We're going to be discussing the direction of stock markets, shift in the currency markets and the rise and rise of UK interest rates. We're recording this on Monday the 3rd of July 2023. Before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or recommendation and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise and that you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk, depending on the geographical region and industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. So welcome, Daniel.
1: Hi, Cherry. Now, in this
0: month's Outlook, you've talked about breaking the bad news cycle. Could you talk me through why you think stocks have momentum?
1: Yes, it boils down to the fact that fears of a deep global recession have eased. If you look at Google Trends, it shows that internet users are less preoccupied with a global recession than they were a year ago. It's probably not a coincidence that equities started to rally last autumn as these deep recession fears came down. Also, expectations of peak US interest rates have helped stocks to rally as well. Uh, What we have seen since June uh, is that the S&P 500 benchmark equity index has now risen 20% from its low point it reached in October 2022 to enter a commonly, if arbitrarily defined, bull market. So far, this rally has lasted nine months. And that's well short of the typical length of about five and a half years of the last seven bull markets that go back to 1969. In other words, once stocks enter a bull market, history shows that momentum can take over and sustain them.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, But I mean, hasn't this rally been very narrowly based around kind of tech stocks and, and really just a handful of them?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, the rally has been narrowly led by these artificial intelligence related stocks. And this is obviously a risk for investors. So should investor sentiment sour on this AI theme, this could drag down the market. However, there is growing evidence that the AI led rally is actually spreading to the broader market. So for example, over 60% of the companies in the S&P 500 have recorded positive returns over the past 12 months.
0: And again, you also believe that there might be some residual boost from the COVID era policies, is that right?
1: Yes, households have plenty of unspent funds left over from COVID. Uh, these household savings uh, range from 6% of GDP uh, in the US to 8% in the UK. Uh, this is a useful source of finance to support overall consumption growth. Moreover, labour markets are tighter after the pandemic, During COVID, employees left the workforce to improve their lifestyle or retire early. This kept labour supply tight to insulate economies somewhat from higher interest rates. Another consequence from pandemic policies is that households use this opportunity to refinance mortgages at lower rates when central banks cut interest rates to zero.
0: Okay, so that defers the impact of uh, higher rates a little bit. Yeah. Okay, what about the impact of a weaker dollar? How does that help global stock markets?
1: Well, dollar depreciation is indicative of an improving global growth backdrop. That's because the US dollar is a countercyclical currency. It tends to depreciate in times of certainty uh, from higher growth and vice versa. Stock markets are rising to reflect these lower recession fears. In other words, a weaker dollar, when accompanied by global growth, is actually positive for financial assets.
0: Okay, right. Let's let's move to the UK. Um, And it's it's sort of slightly difficult to keep a brave face on the UK, perhaps. But and you know the biggest news for most households this month will have been the surprisingly high UK inflation print, and then the kind of dramatic 0.5% rate rise from the Bank of England. Um, Let's talk about why UK inflation is proving so stubborn.
1: Yeah, certainly depressing stuff. I mean, if you look at why we have stubborn inflation over here, it's really coming from two sources. The first one is that there's still upside growth surprises from the consumer-facing services. Uh, And second is resilient wage growth in what is a tight labour market. And it shows few signs of cracking. Ultimately, it's this link between service sector inflation and accelerating wage growth that is keeping overall inflation up.
0: So obviously that's had a knock-on effect on interest rates. And, you know, there's now talk that six, 6% six interest rates could be a reality. I mean, would that bring distress to the UK economy?
1: Well, certainly, if you look at the futures market, they are now starting to price in a 6% base rate for the UK. If we got to that sort of level, it would lead to a material impact in slowing the economy over time. But saying that, any distress to the economy is likely to be slow rather than a sudden hit. And that's because despite rising interest rates, it will take time for most mortgages to roll over onto more expensive rates uh, to cool demand. One statistic to note is that the average effective mortgage rate on all outstanding borrowing is just 2.6%. It is rising, uh, but nevertheless, this should at least limit the distress to the overall economy.
0: And... I mean, when or if, do you think the, this era of higher interest rates will end? How long have we got
1: to go? Well, we might have a bit of a longer period. I mean, the Bank of England is likely to keep raising interest rates well into the autumn. Uh, and it's still concerned that inflation becomes entrenched into the economy. The risk here is that the Bank of England keeps interest rates higher for longer, well into 2024, if inflation does surprise on the upside.
0: Um and are there any encouraging signs? Give us something to be positive about. Well, I've got about. to give you,
1: some, <laughs> I've got to give you something positive. The positive news here is that if you look at inflation expectations, uh, looking at household surveys and particularly YouGov, uh, they are starting to come down. It does tell us that consumers are not becoming accustomed to higher inflation, and that should probably make it easier for the Bank of England to control what is the biggest rise in inflation for 40 years. Another positive is that we are starting to see lower global inflation, particularly in the US. And that should eventually lead to lower inflation at some point in the UK. So there are some positives here.
0: Yeah. Um, One knock on effect, I guess it's a positive for holidaymakers perhaps, has been the strength in the value of sterling. I mean, what's been the impact on the UK stock market from that?
1: Well, it truly is a double-edged sword for the UK equity market. On the one hand, uh, stronger sterling means that the overseas profits made by British companies are lower when they're translated back into the UK. But on the other hand, a stronger sterling also means that we're likely to have a a weaker US dollar. And typically, when the dollar weakens, it leads to rising global stock market. And that could boost UK equities as well, lifted on the tailwinds of that.
0: OK, and is there any impact on inflationary pressures?
1: Well, the positive from stronger sterling is that uh, appreciation of the currency should eventually lead to lower inflationary pressure because it reduces the cost of imported goods Mainly, and also services. So, sterling gains can do something to mitigate uh, this part of inflation. But overall, when we look at inflation in the UK, it seems to be uh, domestically driven. So, there are limits to what sterling can do here.
0: Okay, and I mean, probably the first half of the year has been slightly better than expected. Certainly at the beginning of the year. But what what are your predictions for the remainder of the year?
1: Uh, Well, for markets, the important point here is that the world has avoided so far, uh, a sharp economic recession like the pandemic in 2020. Uh, the UK back then actually fell by its greatest amount since the Great Frost of 1709. It actually lost 20% in one quarter. Uh, but overall, if you have much more surety about the growth environment, it does create uh, an opportunity for equity investors to broaden out from defensive areas such as healthcare, consumer staples, utilities and the UK towards much more growth-orientated parts of the market, and that would include the semiconductors and also the US.
0: Great. Okay, thank you, Daniel. We'll wrap up there. Um, And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes, and you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including our latest outlook. Ben Seeger-Scott will be back with us in the studio for our next podcast episode, and we'd love to have you join us if you can. Please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so, and you can rate and review us in the app store. Until next time.